In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio. I have with me Eric, the artist. I'd like to have a moment of silence for Gary. Nothing's wrong with him. He's just not here, the jerk. <laughs> I have with me Austin, the numpty. I'm sitting in Gary's chair. I like it. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's feeling the sense of power no, in no, Gary's no, no. chair. He's, he's feeling a... the shape of Gary's uh, backside, <laughs> making the seat comfortable for him. He's I'm just keep... warming it up for when Gary comes back. I was going to say, I'm keeping it warm for him. <laughs> and I am Bob Chrisman, your host. So, it, oddly enough, we were sitting here just in the past 15 minutes trying to figure out what we were going to talk to you about for the first half of this episode, because... It is oddly quiet at this point in the Hollywood industry. We were actually kind of shocked at how quiet it is, but then we just kind of dawned on us that we're in that really weird impasse phase right now where D23 has happened, and uh, we haven't had New York Comic Con yet, so it's like we're in this weird impasse where there's no excitement yeah. going on or it's anything. It's the lull between tall waves. And then we're going to get a whole bunch of movies and TV shows and we're not going to know when to stop talking. So trust me, in about a month, you're all going to be like, shut up! Yeah, New York Comic Con is going to have a lot I'm of sure stuff. there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. I have a feeling we're going to see some snippets of some TV shows, maybe some movies coming out in the future. Yeah. And then I really think we're going to hit our stride right about November when The Mandalorian comes out. And oh, we're yeah, just not yeah. going to be able to shut up about anything. So. Oh, yeah. So instead, we decided to, we found an article that grabbed our attention on Screen Rant, and we just thought we'd talk about this one, and then we're going to talk about Disney Plus uh, released a list of their full uh, offering yeah. via <laughs> movies and TV shows. The list would have been shorter if they listed what they don't carry. Right, what they're not going to carry, uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit, and maybe some of the highlights of things that we're excited about, and maybe some things that took us back to our childhood for some of us. <laughs> So, let's start 
our first topic tonight. We're going to talk about this article from Screen Rant. It's titled "The Most Controversial Superhero Movie Moments of the Decade." And so, so, we'll, so they're talking from. I mean, I guess they're talking 2010 to 20, even though 20 hasn't happened. Right. 19, they're considering the end of the decade, I guess. I, I believe they're, yeah. You, you include 10 as that's part your of zero, 2020, that's, right? We're a 10th year. Right. So I would think 2020 is part of that, but I would, we're well, I think it's they're not. Star- I think they're starting 2020. Like, zero is your it's first 2020. year. 2020. Oh, okay, I get it. So 10 would have been the first year. So right. So even though no, it's number nine, it's our 10th it's year. It's our 10th year. Decade, I get it. So that's okay. what you're saying. Odd math, odd math, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's common core math, what do you expect? So they have 15 scenes, we're going to talk about each one of them a little bit, maybe some of them not so much, because there might be some scenes we haven't seen. And we might disagree we're, with some of these. Right, and we might disagree with some of these. So number 15 was the rape scene from Super. Now i got to be honest, I just heard about this movie. Yeah. I didn't even know Rain Wilson was in a superhero movie, so... That I, I got I have, educated on it. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, I've not seen the entire thing. Okay. I've seen a, ch- a good chunk of it. To start, right. and for some reason, I got interrupted, and I've never come back to it. From what I saw at the beginning, it's interesting. Uh, I believe, however, that all the really meaty stuff probably happens after the point I stopped, so uh, we may have to kind of move on this one. Right. But uh, just to read from the article quick, what they're saying is that there's a scene in this movie, Ellen Page, who, as a lot of you know, has come back to the superhero genre more recently as the white violin, in uh, oh. in uh, Umbrella Academy. Okay. If I am thinking of the same person, yes, yeah, that's Ellen I, Page. I'm pretty sure that's Ellen Page. Um, yeah, I watched that. So I she, was about to say she looked familiar. Yeah, so. she plays the sidekick called Bolty, which is basically uh, the Crimson Bolt sidekick. Now, uh, Rain, or what's his name? Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. I can't want to say Ryan Johnson. Rain Wilson. <laughs> no, Rain Wilson. <laughs> uh, plays the Crimson Bolt in the movie. If you've seen him, he makes this kind of self-made costume, and he wants to go out and beat people up and be a hero, and right. it's kind of interesting. The whole scene where he decides to become a hero is very trippy and weird. But there's a strange, weird scene of rape in the movie. Now, we're, that's a very taboo subject to talk about these days. It is. Anytime someone puts rape into a movie as a form of the story, a lot of people get up in arms saying, this should not be a story point or a plot point right it's weak writing it's it's bad writing it's it's talking it's it's not it's making no matter how you deal with it it's usually making light of the victims and stuff so it's it's one of those things that i don't want to get into too much but apparently the scene is quite disturbing even though and this is a very interesting quote here james gunn described the rape scene as sort of beautiful unquote James Gunn. Why he, he says gets some himself, of the weirdest things. He gets I himself really... in trouble. I think he likes getting himself in trouble, though. It's I almost think he... like he like invites this kind of controversy yeah. in a way. Maybe know? his yeah. philosophy is there's no such thing as bad press. What I mean, I... he's sir, he's he's riding all the waves, no what, problem. What I I do find interesting about this one is it's a girl raping a guy. Yeah. Bolty's raping <clears throat> Bolt. Yeah. Now, Which, by by a rape, I, again, I haven't seen the scene, but I have a feeling it's one of these. She overpowers him, and it's right. it's obviously you know it is what rape is. It's not, but I, um, consensual. And I and so. I do want to say that as a caveat, that's an often un well not even shown, just an unreported type of rape girl on guy. It's really quite often not reported. No, it's not. And I'm kind of you know maybe they're he's trying to bring a little bit of light on something that maybe people should know about or should be talking about. Yeah. And sometimes the most controversial scenes are the ones that get you talking about a subject that yeah. you didn't think existed. Um, so this is one we may have to revisit after we've seen the movie. Yeah, I might have to yeah. go see the movie and come back to this one. So number 14 was the Joker and Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. And they're basically saying that 
the relationship situation between Harley and Joker just didn't seem to... They, they're saying it didn't work because Joker just didn't seem to care for Harley. Most of the abusive scenes were cut where he abused Harley. Right. No, they're uh, saying he genuinely seemed to care for her. Or, what no, the, sorry, the other way around. He didn't abuse her. In but the he comics, it's a very abusive relationship. Right, right, right. She's kind of he, he's mad. She falls in love with him for some reason. It's one of these. She'll do whatever he she's says. She's very damaged. Yeah. And he's very controlling. And in the movie, they they hide a lot of that. They tone it down and they make her right. her own character. He seems to basically be trying to find her and rescue her because he, he's worried she's in trouble and he wants to get her yeah. back. And he is at the same point obsessive about her in the movie. But not to the... It's almost like it's been kind of paled, whitewashed a little, you right. know, in terms of what it is and could be in the comics. I don't know if I would call that controversial in that they did, you know... Um, see, I didn't see it as controversial either. Maybe a bad, I think, maybe a bad I, decision. I, yeah. think, I think one of the things that people didn't like was... And I'm trying to remember how this went. In the comics, the Joker pushed her into the chemicals that... Right, that's screwed correct. her up. That made her up. In the movie, she went willingly, I think. And I think that upset right. a lot of people yeah, because it was like... You. It's like she was inviting the abuse and she was inviting right. the stuff. And it's so, almost like she was okay with the idea of being a, being his sidekick, but being abused at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and it's I could see where that would be upsetting to people. To change it's it's a it's a change to the instead of being forced into this right to go willingly is is a very very it's a difficult change for the character. To jump into the deep end of issues, I, I get that, but at the same time, I'm almost like I actually kind of like Margot Robbie's. I kind of like her version because she was already psychotic. Like the Joker didn't make her psychotic; she was already there. She was <laughs> so she, she was voluntarily far, yeah. like joined in. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I haven't watched the Batman the Animated Series, which is the very first appearances of Harley Quinn. Yeah, was that like that, or was oh that no, she was in that one. She was the ditzy blonde secretary who just kind of like okay, Mister, you know, okay, Mister. I mean, she was know, the full she, on character, but she was. But I mean, like, I can't remember how they did the the uh, the um. They, her origin story basically was she was a secretary who was easily duped into things. She was she was I forget whose secretary she was. It was a bad guy. She wasn't a psychologist. She but she ended up becoming a psychologist after being a secretary. So first she was a secretary for some rich guy, and that's how she first showed up on the show. Okay. Then later she shows up on the show as a psychologist, but she's failing as a psychologist. So she's she's trying to figure out how to make her business expand. And that's where this guy comes in, and it's it's the Joker, but, you know, she doesn't know it's the Joker yet. And he convinces her that she needs to expand her business by uh, working with these people. And, of course, it's it's the Scarecrow, but it's his alter ego, and I can't remember his name. The die, uh, Doctor. Uh, Doctor whatever. Doctor Crane. Crane. Yes, Crane. Um, so she's, she's treating Doctor Crane. She's treating all these other people, but they're the alter egos of other friends of the Joker. So... That's how she kind of starts getting into it. And then all of a sudden she turns into this, like, well, whatever you want, Mr. J, and then slowly kind of creeps into the to the, the character. The interesting thing was when, when they introduced her, because it's all the storyline's all out of order on in the animated series. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of flashbacks to tell her story, and they mm-hmm. do it over multiple episodes. Tara and I were just watching it um, over the summer, and it's kind of like you get a little confused because you're like, wait a minute, didn't we already see her? Oh, wait, we're in a flashback, like, five years before that point. And they don't often tell you where they're in a flashback in that old animated yeah, series. Yeah. You know, our our old animated series are really highbrow. Like, they don't have to tell you we're they're in, flashing back. They're yeah, just yeah. telling you when we're in a flashback. Right, it's, You're just it's in a like flashback. You, it's not like you suddenly have this little thing that says, and five years ago. No, we, <laughs> we just jump five years ago, and we all assume that No all text in the bottom saying, now we're transporting to five years ago. Right. 
So, uh, number 13 was Gamora's Death from Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. I don't even think we need to explain this one to our audience. Yeah. At least I would, I would <clears> think you would know. Um, and, of course, the controversy over that is, did did she really think that Thanos well, loved her did or not? Thanos really did her. Thanos really yeah. love her? Or was it an abusive relationship? Um, I think it was a little mixture of both. And I think she didn't know that he loved her until that, that moment. moment. Yeah. yeah. And by the time she realized it, I think it was too late. Well, well yeah. That was even to the prepared, uh, some of the things that Nebula said, like, Father always loved you more, he always did more through you, and then you saw Nebula, who was basically ripped to shreds, yep. robotically re-put back together. It, it, I can kind of see it, but... What, what do you guys think? Do you think Gamora is going to come back now, now that everything's been undone? I think she's back as the one who skipped time, so she's... She's reset mentally. She's the Gamora who didn't experience getting to know the Guardians and kind of. So you think if they find her again, she's gonna have no clue who they are? Yeah, because she jumped. She skipped skipped all that time, so she doesn't remember any of that. So she gets to restart with the gang if if she finds them again. Yeah, I think she'll show up again. I wonder if she's gonna be a a bad. I wonder if she'll be a bad guy against. I'm kind of wondering too. Yeah. Wasn't that in the comics? Didn't she end up doing that for a while? I'm not sure. I, I don't. I didn't read enough of the comics to know. No. Okay, so number 12 is Black Widow's death from Avengers Endgame. Now, this one I think is controversial for a different reason. Uh, I really think the reason a lot of people find this one controversial is a lot of people assume the reason Black Widow threw herself over the edge was because Clint had a family. Yeah. And I kind of agree with you, Eric. I mean, you made a point that I had never even thought of, and I think it's partly because I have a family and and you had never had kids. So you, you talked about the fact that Suddenly, you know, having kids doesn't make you more valuable than somebody who hasn't had kids. And I was like, I'd never thought of it from that point of view before. Right. Well, Again, all I'm I've saying is, kids, if, you know. if we were both at that cliff, I'd push you over. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, like, no. But I mean, he makes a valid point in that a lot of people just assume just because somebody's got kids, it makes their life more valuable. Right. And I just don't believe that's true. I mean, you know, I do. I do agree with her. You know, she's looking at her past. She's looking at having no family other right, than the Avengers. Right. They're her family, yeah. right? And so she sacrificed herself for, for their family, them, right. for her family. So while letting Clint be able to go back to his, right? So I think her choice was understandable in her character. I think a lot of people were upset because a lot of people felt Black Widow didn't get her due. Right, that she was worth more in the MCU, and you know her her individual movie hadn't even come out or been announced yet, really. Right, it hadn't even. And been so announced. people were like uh, very upset about this and very worked up and stuff. I think they realize they're going to get more of her story, right. and I think over time they'll be more okay with it. Which, by the way, announcement just this week. Did you hear? Apparently. Robert Downey Jr. is playing Tony Stark in the Black Widow movie. I did hear that, yes. That that was the, yeah, it's not been confirmed at yes. this point. How that's going to work with, are they going to de-age him again? Because I'm thinking that's what they have they, to if do. If they go back to whatever, will it be just a small blip? Or is there going to be someone popping around through time, maybe bumping into things and causing problems? And... Maybe, or I'm, I'm thinking he's the Tony Stark, like young Tony Stark. Dealing um, weapons on the that's table. That's about to say. Maybe he's the guy who's She'll providing... actually come to a meeting with him or something. There you go. He'll just be that. Yeah. Right. And he'll be he'll be um, the one giving her weaponry and everything else that she needs. He doesn't have to, to look that young then. They just have to no. get him back to like 2007, yeah. 6, somewhere right. in there. Right. So probably back to the original Iron Man look. You know what I mean? And, and come on. I mean, it would totally make sense. Stark was so on him, stuck on himself at that point in time. He'd sell arms to anybody right up yeah. until he became Iron Man. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, It'd be a great tie-in, too, I think. Um, that, that's how they'll probably do it. Yeah. One thing that was said in an interview with directors and writers post-Endgame was, 
the exchange with the soul stone is permanent, a soul for a soul. So both Gamora and Black Widow are confirmed that they are not in the MCU anymore. Well, the, the Gamora that died in that timeline, but the one that skipped is back. Correct. She, she was in Remember, the timeline's messed up. According to She's, both directors and writers, Gamora is dead. Again. The, the Gamora from 2014. Correct. But we had the one... She was in Endgame, so she skipped over. So you're falling for the same... She's in Endgame. Right. So you're <laughs> falling for the same trap that all my other friends are falling for. Like, there's no way they can get back. I'm like, but that's that timeline. They, they, and remember, we've already changed timelines. Yes. We have. They've admitted to it. See, that's the thing. And this is where the Russo brothers kill me. And actually, the writers kill me, too. They're they, messing with you. Right. They're, they're playing these mental purpose. games with everybody. They're like, oh, well, time can't be played with, but we yeah. did. We already and, said. Uh, and we said they're dead. But in that time frame. Tony Stark's never coming back. Well, guess what? Yes, yes. After his death, he's probably not coming back. Right. But we'll see, but we'll him, see him again. Th- right. We'll see him again. So they keep saying these things that you can, oh, yeah, that is truth. If you take it a certain you, way, right. but if you don't... It's all from a yeah. certain point of view. Gamora is dead in the MCU. Stupid. That that Gamora is not coming back. But the Gamora from Gamora 2014 from, right. jumped forward, forward, and she's there now. Correct. Okay, so the next one is number 11. That's the Flash vision from uh, Batman vs. Superman. For those who forgot, during Batman vs. Superman, or if you've never watched the movie, because I do have yeah. friends who have done that, uh, there was a scene where the Flash jumped through time Came back to it was was it Batman or Superman? I Batman. Batman. He came back like to Batman. Batman. He's he asleep in a chair or something. Yeah. That's right. He's, he's woken. And, by and he it. warns him about what the the future is going to be, and mm-hmm. kind of like sets up this really weird narrative of about you know, yeah, infinite. Well, I think he's implying he there's infinite Earth and other stuff too. He doesn't, he doesn't say doesn't much. Say he talks about just you need to save him or you need to right. stop it or something. He's right. coming or it's all a, it's kind of a dark side lead in and that he's coming from a future that's bad. Right. It ties in also to the Batman vision dream he had. Yep. Where the where all the parademons were flying yep. around and Superman was a bad guy who like just killed people and stuff. Where they almost implied the dark side was about to come. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah, was yeah. all that was supposed to tie into this long arc of oh, you know, Zack Snyder had this plan, which I still think part of that had to be the Flashpoint paradox because that's how he's traveling through time and Probably. through the infinite Earth and yeah. through all this other stuff too. There, there's also different versions of Flashpoint paradox. Ones I've seen is more of Aquaman versus Wonder Woman, Superman well, you're right, captured. But- and here's where the stupid thing is, like, the TV shows have it, like, down to a science. I mean, seriously, the Flash TV show is probably one of the most phenomenal Flash stories I've seen off of the comic books ever. I mean, I, I don't think... Both shows, both uh, the original with the Wesley Ship well, and the I, new the one. Well, the Wesley Ship one was what it was of its for its time. of its time. This one right now, quite honestly, I don't think it the, the Wesley Ship one would hold a candle to the current one. And I'm I'm impressed with the TV show and how they're able to do all the things they're doing. And I mean, just the TV universe, this infinite earths thing they're going to do is incredible looking. I can't wait for it to come out. Quite honestly. I have not been following the shows. I still kind of want to see these episodes just to see these characters return. Yeah. I know? mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting episode. I'm, I'm, I've been following them all. Everybody keeps telling me I should catch up on Supergirl. I'll yeah. probably do that before the next one comes along. And, and but then going back to that whole flash thing, it's, yeah. it really is just a, it's just this typical, I, it typifies the whole issue with that movie being taken over by Josh Whedon, Josh mm-hmm. Whedon, and having it kind of change its feel and theme partway yep. through, and people not following through on the original story and stuff like that, is that this was abandoned. I mean, this this was not even answered, or wasn't, there was never an intention to no. answer this question, this scene that happens. It's like, right. unless the movie made a billion dollars, which it didn't, because it wasn't very good, then you you were going to do nothing with this scene. And it's like, it just shows how they're like, 
ignore. Like, we did this. We didn't like it. Drop it. Yeah. And that's DC's movie approach. Yep, it's like right. no one seems like they're steering the ship. And it's sad because I think there was a lot of potential there. They had some good casting. They had a good director in I Zack Snyder. I think he could have, put, over time, put something good together. I still think you had a lot of potential, too, quite honestly. I I, I think your biggest potential was in, in people like Gal Gadot being the Wonder Woman, I, you know, Jason Momoa being Aquaman. Yeah. Both I, of those two, I, I feel like, are in this... I have not seen Justice League, but those two, from the movies I've seen, they basically steal the show. I, I personally... And that's my fear with what happened with Justice League is... They probably stole the show because I haven't seen it. And the problem know, is, no one stole the show with Justice League. It's like none that's of them the got pro- that their, was the problem. Yeah, yeah. None of them got their due. Personally, I felt like uh, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. I thought he did I, a great job. See, I did not like his version of I Batman. I loved his version. He of Batman. seemed too. It was dark. I loved it. He, and the, he was dark when he was mad at Batman and Batman v Superman, and he was dark in that one scene in the warehouse where he fought the criminals. Yeah. But then you'd see him like out of his mask, and he was unsure of himself, and he was kind of stammering, and he did yeah. not seem like Bruce Wayne, the confident detective, smart yeah. planning yeah, guy. Yeah, he that part was missing. Okay. He had the the, the brawn, big kind of fighty look, but I didn't get Batman. The you other didn't the, get the, the I didn't get the I smart Batman. Batman. You didn't get the Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Side of him. Well, okay. th- not only that, but just the intelligence. Right, right, right. He being, seemed to have the brawn, but not the intelligence. Being the Batman detective, of yeah. Batman, not the Batman not so sure of himself, but I can brood and be Batman. Yeah, it just didn't. He didn't work for me in that character. All right, so number 10 is the destruction of Auschwitz in the X-Men Apocalypse movie, and that's that's when Magneto went back in time, and because of his no. origin story, he gets angry. No, 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 no. no, no. Or did he go back Acap- to the current day Auschwitz? Apocalypse brings him there after his daughter dies and his wife dies. To trigger that's right. him. That's right, trigger him. To trigger him. him and say, reach down to the core and bring it out, and then right. just levels the place. But the whole idea was he's destroying a symbol that's meant to remind people of the horrors. Right. And he's wiping it away and people are like, that's a bad thing to show in the movie. And it's like, well, no, it's him not going to be able to control his anger. So they're showing what they're supposed to show, but it's... And I get that it's controversial in that it's Auschwitz, but at the same time, I think most Jewish people would agree with that. They'd want to see the same thing done. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, I think they, I, they I, want I, it kept as a memory. You really? Well, you, oh, yes. oh, I get what they, you're saying. They don't want history to forget. Okay, I get what you're saying. And that's what's okay. controversial about this is by destroying it. It's like you're destroying. It's almost like you're destroying a monument for people to remember what happened. See, I see both sides of it. You know, keeping it to to one. Because that's it's a it's a trying. major tourist but attraction I, for that reason. Right. People go for them to remember to remember what and never forget. And never I, forget. I get that. To walk. But I could also see the other side of it, where if you were at Auschwitz, you'd be so angry that you would never want to see it again. You know well, what I mean? Well, that's they're saying that's uh, that's, they're that's showing the weakness of his right, character. Right. Here. Yes. Right. So. so. But it was it super controversial that he destroyed it? It was a big special effects CGI scene. I don't know. And like you said, it it was, it was so striking you didn't even remember I didn't, it. From, I, I don't remember it from the movie. I don't remember the scene. I saw the I'd movie. I have to go and back I, and watch it again. I do not remember that scene. I remember the scene pretty vividly. But, I, I uh, just don't remember that's it. That's probably just me. So number nine is Batgirl and Batman's sex scene. Batman the, from Batman the Killing Joke. The animated movie. What Did they really like... You don't see you don't, him go. You don't see the actual sex, no. right? Like, I'm not crazy. She kind of straddles him. They start kissing, I think, and that's so about it. So it's not it. an actual she, sex scene. They're acting like it's a porn um, or something. I, and I'm, I'm like, trying to remember if they wake up in a bed or no, you see no, 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 no. I don't think you the, can the go, the next, go the that next, far. The next clip afterwards is her in the library talking to the gay dude. 
right. about it. Oh, right. About her yoga teacher. Because yeah. that's what the term... Oh, that's right. So they, they definitely imply it. They definitely it, heavily imply that they... they but the, the visual is she does kind of get on top of him on a roof, you know, and stuff like that. See, to see, me, the more controversial scene in... Would, was it, it the, the killing the joke? Yes, yeah, the killing joke with the With Harley shot. Quinn, right? And, no? and Robin, right? Oh, no. That was... What was Batman that Batman and Robin, or that movie right there. There it is. Yeah, it's this one. So Batman like, and Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's what it was. I just couldn't remember the name. That's of it. what it was. Yeah, she. He, that's right. It was Nightwing, not Robin. I apologize. Nightwing. It was Nightwing, not Robin. Either way, and, and they implied that the two of them had just had a scene or, prior to that point. Or you could go even further into this film, where it's the rape scene after Joker shoots her in the back. <laughs> that's true. He, does, he doesn't yeah. rape her. They just. It's, he, but it's he implied. Her it's implied. Right. I don't think he. No, I don't think they implied there was any sex there. I really? think he, uh, he, he shot her, paralyzed her, and beat her. No, in no, front, no, no, in no. front of James, or no, she, he shot her, then beat up James Gordon, right? And, while she was lying, and then there. also started undoing the buttons to her top. I don't remember. Eh, maybe I'd have to see. It I again. saw that. But I remember that. He remembers a lot of things like that vividly. I wonder what that is. Huh? So I'm a <laughs> filmmaker. I pay attention to these. But things. I just I didn't see this scene as being that controversial. I mean, other than okay, so Batgirl is Batman's well, you know sidekick, well, and there's kind of an implication yeah. that in there's the more going article, on. The last sentence is the general consensus is this whole. St- Edition is tasteless. Well, it was not part of their story. That was definitely added right. to the movie out of nowhere else. I think it was added for shock value more yeah, than anything you else. Could, if they would have been smart, they could have just cut it and no one would have cared. But Okay, next was number eight, the biker scene from Captain Marvel, which apparently it's got deleted, cut. It's a right? deleted, it's a deleted scene. scene. You don't see it in the movie. And Captain Marvel was harassed by a biker while trying to read a map. He jokes about how she's not giving him a smile. Uh, she uses an energy discharge to humiliate the biker. And then and takes, takes off with his jacket. jacket and bike. Yeah. And people are like, heroes don't do that kind of stuff. I'm like, She's uh, Captain you remember Marvel. the original Superman when he grabs the guy, slides him down a counter, smashes right, him into right. a into a uh, pinball machine, and then makes a joke about how he's been working out? Or the new Superman where he takes the guy's truck and livelihood and jams it onto a telephone pole just because right. he's mad at him? Oh, these people don't do heroic things. Again, it's this double standard where they go, well, if a girl does it, now look, she's being not likable or whatever. It's like heroes do mean things in a lot of movies, but you didn't have a problem with those. <laughs> Captain Marvel throughout this film has kind of walked around like, uh, best thing I could say is kind of like a chip on her shoulder because she's a Cree. She's the ultimate well, yeah, race I mean, in society. It's, it's, at the very beginning of this film. It's part of her character. She's a warrior. She's a fighter. She's, right. you know, it, if someone disrespects her, her, she's just going to be that way. It's part of her personality. And originally when she's on the planet, she's not there to save it. She doesn't know anything about what's right. going on. Right. She's just, she's been trapped there and stuff. Well, and she's not the first, you, you were gave a DC example. She's not the first Marvel character either to, you know, use their, their power for something other than just good. You know what I mean? There's... Been tons of other Marvel characters. How about Spider Man not stopping a criminal that killed his uncle? Right. I mean, like, and I was about to say, whole backstories have been built upon that yeah, idea. I was say, Wolverine's whole backstory is basically built on some of that, too. He's a murderer and a killer. It's what he does. Right. He's the best it is, what it's he does. It's said to be a double standard. It's the best thing I can say is. I don't know. Okay. It's a huge double standard. So I don't know if that's a controversial scene, especially because it's a deleted scene. Right. So it's like people are upset Half about the world a scene. didn't even see it. The, yeah. Didn't <laughs> the even make writers it and directors and the editors are all like, it's kind of bad. Let's just take that out. They were smart. So, so number seven, I actually kind of agree with this one. Totally. I thought actually this one would be a little higher on my list yes. than seven. Superman and Zod's tri- Trail of Destruction and Man of Steel. Uh, the fact that they leveled whole portions of New York City. Metropolis. Uh, you know, in, in, or Metropolis. Sorry. I always, I always do that. 
uh, Metropolis in their efforts to fight each other. And I told you guys, like, that's my big problem with Man of Steel. Superman's biggest weakness is supposed to be humanity. Yeah. And yet, in that movie, humanity gets tossed aside while they level an entire I mean, city. They, they, he's pushing Zod through buildings. Right. And not caring about... And the buildings about, are collapsing. And we know there's people in them. Yeah. And not caring about the humans that are there. Or go even further, not just Zod, but Zod and his followers when they're facing the female and the other dude out in like the middle of the country. Oh yeah, there's lots of destruction in all of that. The whole last 45 minutes of that movie is just wanton destruction. And, and to be honest, it's the whole reason I don't like that movie, because of that whole like, they would need to redo the whole second half of the movie in order for me to buy into it as a thing. So uh, yeah, I agree completely that yeah. that one didn't, it, it didn't feel like Superman to me. Right, it took me, like you talk about when we take ourselves out of the Star Wars moment, that took me out of the DC universe yeah. right there by having it like that. Kind of like you would prefer it to be more like the Superman, the animated series Superman, than this. Christopher Reeves, sorry, always will be and I'm always saying, can I'm be the, the real Superman. The Superman I mean, yeah. animated series, he would protect the buildings at all costs. He would hold the. But look at Christopher villain. Reeves throughout the entire time, every single time. Well, think he was about fighting it. Superman somebody. 2. The two villains, oh, yeah. uh, the girl and the guy, pick up a bus. Right. To throw it at him. And he, what's he scream? No, the people. People. I mean, that's yeah. his line. That was his Don't, line. And he, you know, he. And like I said, that's his weakness. Yeah. And you know, it's not, not kryptonite. Even... It's not the other. It's the human beings that he cares for so much, even though Where in he's this not movie, one of if, them. if Zod had picked up a bus to throw at him, he would have flown at Zod, knocked him away. The bus would have gone bouncing, and right. they would have just kept fighting. Right. And it's like Zod it's... even makes reference to it in the cre- the, the Reeves films. I'm forgetting his first name. The Reeves film. He makes fun of it. We were protected well, yeah, by he, his pets. Right. He knows that, yeah. that that's his weakness. And I just didn't feel that compassion from yep. from Man of Steel, and that's one of the no. reasons why I didn't enjoy Man of Steel. Superman, I will admit, got better as the movies went along. Yeah, in Batman v Superman, in, yep. in Justice League, he was definitely a little more like the Superman I expected. But he, I actually started to feel sorry for him when they started calling him an alien and, and saying he didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and when they started questioning his immortality and all that other stuff. By by the point that they were in that courtroom and all that stuff had happened, I actually started to feel sorry for him. At the that only point. thing I think that saves either Batman v Superman or, or Man of Steel is the Luther that they have for Batman v Superman and the portrayal of Zod. I like the person they had to portray Zod. He was nice. The, Bert, the Luther from Batman v Superman was, was Jesse awful. Eisenberg. And he was I, awful. I didn't mind him. I liked no. the kind of cynical way he took the no. approach at it. Nope. I could have liked no. him better if he just he was a little too flippant and weird and yeah. he didn't seem like a, the genius that a little he too been. off okay. the rocker yeah. and Luther is just genius not off the rocker yeah. maybe I just didn't see that I, I okay number six was eight years later which is from Spider-Man Homecoming apparently at the beginning they tell you that the events of Spider-Man Homecoming take to place eight years later when in reality they only took place four years four later. years after the Avengers. Now, unless um, they're saying this is eight years after Far that, Homecoming. Oh, yeah. from yeah, um, Homecoming. Because that could have happened a couple years before the snap. Right. So if they're saying eight years from the last film, it could make sense. But if they're saying eight years, it's not because everyone's been it's supposed to be before. eight years from the Avengers. I even think it says like yeah. eight years from the incident or the New yeah. York uh, City that's or something oh, okay. like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. it's funny because even Marvel, the last line the there says... Place. In the end, even Marble described this tagline as very, quote, very, very incorrect. incorrect, unquote. Yeah. So they just admitted something. I just think that was one of those moments where Sony kind of, well, we're, we're close enough. I think it's eight years. Just throw it in. We'll go away. That could have been an edit that they didn't see in the final cut. Right. That's what they, I'm saying. They're they, like, oh, we need a title card. Right. <laughs> they might have just totally forgot they saw it. Yeah. 
All right, so in the next one is number five. This is Batman kills Batman versus Superman. Uh, the fact that Batman never kills in the comics is really the controversy here versus the Batman in the movies, who right. does seem to kill. I... And the damage that Batman causes. Right. Um, first off, did Batman not kill in the comics? I, I'm pretty he... sure there was a version where he did, isn't there? There, there are several times where he went that line. There are never... versions where... Even even the dark uh, Dark Knight, he didn't kill, because the whole reason he got into this is because his parents were killed, right. and the life taken is what is the driving force of his vigil- vigilanteism, but t- to keep other people f- from having that happen to them. So I think for the most part, Batman in the comics is not a killer. Okay, there are variants of the comics where it is. Yeah, Flashpoint being an example, but that's. But I think we're trying father. to stick to mainstream Batman here, and I don't yeah. think mainstream but Batman. They, and this Batman like snaps necks in the movies, yeah. you know, and does all these other things, and it's like... Well, and then what would keep him from killing the Joker, or the Penguin, or, right. or Riddler, or anybody That's that the matter. whole point, is but, that the non-killing thing shows the best with the Joker. He never kills the Joker. Right. He always captures him. You know, and he gets out, and more death happens, and he it's like the Joker's always... Ta- it, you know, he's picked on Batman about that, about how we do this dance over and over again, you know, and think of the people who have died and stuff because of your rules. And in the end, in uh, The Dark Knight, in fact, right. it's a famous thing from that Miller did in 85 when the Joker and Batman are fighting in a funhouse and the Joker's been paralyzed and Batman's bleeding because he's been stabbed so many times and he's got the Joker by the neck. He turns the neck, but he stops. Right. And he paralyzes the Joker by, by breaking, but he doesn't kill him. Right. And the Joker's lying there, not able to you know move. And he says, you couldn't even do it now. You couldn't push that last eighth of an inch to, to end my life. And the Joker kills himself by twisting his neck and snapping the rest and huh. dies. And Batman's standing there and they're like, they're, he even says like, they're going to blame you for this or whatever. And he, he that's his final joke on Batman is right. that Batman will be blamed for the death of the Joker, even though he still couldn't do it. So that's a major scene at the right. end of the Dark Knight, which shows you how Batman will hold back from killing, even in the case where the Joker, and going through this fun house and this, this uh, fair, the Joker even talks about how he killed like eight people on the way. He shot people right. going into the tunnel of love. He stabbed a guard. Some Batman's been chasing him. He's like, even all these people I killed, you still couldn't kill me. So it's it's definitely in a lot of very inversions, a lot of versions. It's a no killing um, rule. Are we sure that's not just part of the flashpoint, like the vision? Because I don't remember seeing that. Maybe I have to rewatch Batman be Superman, but I don't remember when he's like breaking into the building. Is he really knocking? Oh, when he was in the old warehouse. He takes, a, he takes a guy and like smashes right. his head into the floor and bends him sideways. And he's there, in but, the warehouse scene. The, there were whole scenes where he was. I mean, there's no way he didn't kill anybody there. He threw a batarang into a guy's forehead. That's killing somebody. Sorry, okay. that's happening. Okay. Uh, yeah, I may have just missed it. It was pretty thought, extreme. I mean, that was I know a pretty, for a fact yeah. that people. But put this rule out there, especially but, for the scene where it's like he's hopping off the car and he's starting to just take guns and blasting people. Right. That's a vision of when Superman goes too far. Well, that's, and Batman that's tries the other to one. That's the, that's the yeah, that's the vision. But even, they're talking about also like when he's driving through, through the city streets. Right. With the whole Superman incident, he like takes out some cars and stuff. Right. And keeps driving. Okay. Okay. And it's like this is a Batman who's a little like like Superman, a little too casual with collateral with damage. Collateral damage. <laughs> yeah. Which. Isn't that interesting that most DC characters are the ones that we see as being more human than anything else? You know what I mean? It just seems to be that way. Anyway, moving on to the number four, which is a lot of DC ones here, by the way. Yeah, it's it's funny. This this article definitely leans heavy into the DC. Yeah. Uh, Number four, Superman breaks Zod's necks from Man of Steel. Yeah, another one from this one. uh, 
Uh, Snyder was attempting to present a new rookie Superman who was seriously out of his depth, and he was forced to kill. Even Christopher Reeve's iconic editor of Superman was willing to kill when he needed to. Modern audiences proved a lot more sensitive, however. Well, okay, so... Did you have a problem with him killing Super, Did Superman kill in the original Reeves movie? So that's the question, because the, the people fall down into those ice chambers... He throw, you know, he tosses Zod across right. the room, and Zod falls down to the ice chamber, and he the other ones. The... But did he die? Did they... No, he, they I mean he him threw in... the guy across the room. No, in Superman the... strength, and smashed him into a wall, and he slides into the thing. And right. Zod's been turned into a normal human. So what does a Superman throw across the room where you hit an ice wall and slide down into dar- into darkness? Do to you? Probably. I guess it probably could kill you. <laughs> but isn't the end of that film? Right back to the beginning where you see them flipping around in no. the phantoms. No. no, it never gets back to that. The last you see of them all yeah. is them vanishing into the mist at the bottom of his right, the of bottom solitude. of the fortress of solitude. I, and yeah. you make the assumption they fall into their deaths, but it's not. He doesn't like overtly snap anyone's neck. I was about to that's say very see, different. And this is the big difference I think is you, they actually showed him yeah. killing somebody. So this was kind of like the bad guys disappeared, and you're like, yay, the good guy saves the day. Yeah, if that's the weird thing it's about a different time when we were kids. You know, when they did a lot of times when they killed people, they just either disappeared or it happened off camera and the implication was made that it actually happened yeah. like but we blood, never actually saw blood, it instead of a blood spatter on the uh, window you'd hear a splash yeah I mean like and in this case I mean I, just to outright have him just snap yeah. his neck now you remember was, the reason he did it is because there's a family there right and he's right. like shooting the lasers and they're getting closer and closer to this right, family right. apparently can't move and run out of the way or something they're stuck right, right. and he's trying to stop him from doing that and it's like Really, after the entire city you've destroyed, these four these people... These four people are the are four the, we're going to save. Because yeah. now you can see them. It's like the other buildings you went through too quick, you couldn't see what you were doing. Right. But you can see these people, and it matters to you. And they're, they're like I like we always say, Superman finds a way to save people without killing. He would have done something else. He would have, oh, I can't stop his head from turning. Fly with him. Boom, up through the ceiling. Stop right. it. And keep Get him away from people. And Superman would do something Or he would have just stood him. in front of the, the laser yeah, and just, taken or the just like, power yeah, himself. Or just like, yeah, he grabbed it with his hand and, right. you know block the lasers with his hand while pulling them aside or something. He would have right. done something other than Part of me would have been a, a really cool him. way to, to have handled that. It's just put his thumbs in his eyes. <laughs> and like seriously take his eyeballs out. Like right. I mean like you're not killing him, you're just removing right. his eyes. That might have been a bit I know gory. that's extreme, but still <laughs> it would have been better than this. I mean like really I I didn't like the the breaking of the neck thing. Yeah. All right, number three was Henry Cavill's mustache. I don't know if this what? was this was not controversial as much as it was just a bad decision. So Henry Cavill was hired to work on Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible. Fallout. Fallout. And had to grow a mustache for the role. Right. Well, after he was filming that movie, they decided we need to do reshoots for Justice League. And we need all these new scenes and he needs to come back. He was contractually obligated not to shave off the mustache. Right. He couldn't do it for legal reasons for the movie. So he came in, did these scenes with a mustache... And they digitally removed it. And unfortunately, it's in a lot of scenes where it's his super close-up face yeah, talking. And they had to yeah. animate his upper lip. And it looks awful. And part and of me is like... it pulls you way out of the movie. It's like, oh my God, that's horrible digital CG. You know, I, I get that these guys are in multiple movies and all that. And okay, so he, he signed a contract where he had... So part of me says, why didn't they change the schedule for Justice League and make those shots later on? Because you know I mean? they had a, I After. think the movie, I think the movie. And I get they got deadlines and stuff, but sometimes plus all the special effects. I right. think it would have been easier. Are you telling me they didn't spend more time in special effects and post editing trying <clears throat> to get it out than have been waiting? Well, I think that's why. Done? I think that's why it looked so bad. I think they rushed. 
the oh, animations. I'm sure they did. They I mean, I think I literally think the upper lip animations were done in like a week. I'm sure. I, I um, haven't seen Justice League, so I don't know what it looked like. But it's awful. I'll just it's tell awful. You that much. I, here's the thing, though. I, I don't see why the two companies didn't agree to this. Shave off the mustache. Right. Do the scenes. Digitally add a mustache. It's easier to yeah, it's cover easier to something than it is than it to, is take, to away. take away and yeah. reanimate until he grows it back, which will take him what two weeks, right? And he'll have that that growth back. So it, I understand. I think the company or, was being like sticklers and saying, "No, sure they were." Or that's our contract. Could just say, "Okay, we'll give you a couple more weeks." To well, get they mustache. had they had their movie to finish, so they. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he literally. You're, you're talking I think, about Paramount versus Sony. You're, you're, you've got I an think he would go and that. finish. He would film a couple scenes with this, and he'd be the next day back on the other lot. Like I've heard stories about how uh, Benedict Cumberbatch came to play Khan. Right. He showed up from another movie that night. Yeah. On almost no sleep, got into costume and was on set like two hours later filming the first scene. So that movie, this is how tight they schedule. Yes, yeah, some, some of their these schedules actors. can be. Yeah, and okay. I, I'll guarantee you, this was like that, where he was literally filming something and two days later was filming on the other movie. They just didn't have the and sometimes time they even go back it. and forth. They go from one and then they're at the other one and oh, they I've, come back. I've heard some and... that will film during the week in one place, right. catch a, uh, a red eye yep. film on the weekend for a, a TV show or another movie, and right. then come back and be filming during the week on the first one. Yep. Uh, I'll have to take a look and see crazy. what it looks like because some of their oh, schedules. Horrible. Some of their schedules are just awful. So number two, the Mandarin scene from Iron Man <laughs> 3, which I find, uh, oddly, they find this as controversial, and I find it great. Oh, it was, I, I, I don't see it controversial at all. I remember I, when it came out, it was a huge, people were pissed. Yeah? People were so mad at this, they felt they were lied to, and it was the worst decision ever. And well, I, think I, part remember, of, I remember being in the movie theater going, that's awesome. <laughs> I think part of it was they built up the Ten Rings so much. Because remember, the yeah. Ten Rings were the terrorist group all the way back from Iron Man, Ooh. the first Iron yeah. Man. And they kept referencing the Ten Rings. Of course, anybody that knows anything about the Mandarin knows that he's got the Ten Rings on. So there's that reference they keep. So I kind of felt like everybody thought that there was going to be a big old Mandarin Iron Man fight somewhere yeah. along yeah. the way. Because we kept implying this Ten Rings thing. And then it's not really the Mandarin, or at least not that we know of. I mean, I mean, there was that one scene out of one of the discs, I don't remember which one, where it's like he's in a jail cell being interviewed and they're showing Well, that was the one footage. shot that was in... Hail to the King. Hail to the, yeah, Hail to the King, which is Iron Man 2, I think that was in, right? Or No, no. Cause no. Was it part after, of the third? It was after third, and then it was a short... On one of the other was, movies. It was released online. Right, that's it right. wasn't a whole ending scene because it, it was long. But it was, but it was one, one of the Blu-rays too. It yeah, was added as a special. Yeah. 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 I can't remember. Maybe that was Captain America: it Winter Soldier been, or something like that. That was in. And I just remember thinking, like, they implied that Ben Kingsley Man- Mandarin may or may not actually be. Right. Well, what the happens Mandarin. is he. Okay, for those who don't know what we're talking about, quick summary. <laughs> the movie Iron Man 3 sets up the Mandarin as this really cool character played by Ben Kingsley. Seems like a badass, terrorist, interesting take on the Mandarin. Will he right. have power rings? We don't know. Big marketing lead up. Right. This goes to show you the failure of today's audiences, in my opinion, not movies. We can no longer have surprises. Yeah, we true. need to be force fed as much as possible in those trailers so we go into a movie with expectations right. met. To me, I loved that they kept this secret and that I didn't know it was going to happen until it happened. And that happens so rarely in movies, especially a big-budget temple movie. I loved that. Yes, it's very strange to watch this character that we think is going to be a badass acting bizarre. He had this weird high voice. Bumbling idiot. Bumbling idiot, just joking and out of of it. And people felt 
People felt lied to. Well, guess what? You were. Right. That was the point. That's they the wanted point. to trick you, and they did. Right. So your expectations didn't meet up. Guess what? That's not what they were going for in the first place. So to me, it was a great twist. Yep. And I enjoyed the character for who he was. I thought it was fun. I've seen the movie since, and I still think he's watchable as that character. The switch when it comes is, a gr- to me, great, great. entertaining. I thought it was awesome. It's, it's timed perfectly, even out to Killian's line of, I am the Mandarin. Well, yeah, you get that, great. which people didn't like. People are like, oh, God, that's the Mandarin now? And he was even lying, because he's not. He was just he, he was yeah. just acting well, out of power. He was just using but the name. In the, in yeah. the, but in the Hail to the King, they mention that at the end of right. it... Well, this is what I'm getting to. So then, for those who okay. haven't seen Hail Sorry. to the King, Ben Kingsley's in jail for his part in this whole scheme. scheme. You know, he was a he was a puppet, but at the same point, he was the visual, and he, had, he, went, and he got arrested. And in jail, they come in to interview him about this whole thing. So they find him a fascinating character. They're like, to this day, he doesn't seem to realize the consequences he's, he's undertaken. Well, these, which these reporters come yeah, in. Yeah, these reporters come in. And it's interesting that they describe him that way. Is he that bungling that he's not even aware of how much trouble he's in and he's enjoying the celebrity? Right. Or, and this is our theory we're getting to, is he more? So when the reporters, quote unquote, come in to interview him, well, it turns out they got a gun built into their camera they uh, people break into the prison right when they're there there's a whole takeover they take Ben Kingsley by gun and they say some the real mandarin wants to see you he's mad or whatever right. they imply that you're going to see the real mandarin now yeah. and they they take him out and that's the last we've seen of this for probably like 7 years 6 7 Something years like now that, it's yeah. been a long time well now we're being told we're going to see the real mandarin in the Shang-Chi movie coming right. out what, two and a half three years from now max. two years, two from, years now, yeah. from now 2022. So they're going to have to do something with Ben Kingsley to wrap that story up. Are they going to start the movie with him being brought in front of him? Or, and this is where I would love to see it, it was a double fake out. And right. he's playing this bumbling whatever. I would love to mess them. with, he's like a super genius who messes with everybody. I don't know. I just, I'd like to see them do something with it. I that. would love for them to like start the movie out with him actually breaking out of jail and now he's using <clears> the rings to get out of jail. I mean, like, that, to me... Like, yeah, they started to get out of jail, but we didn't actually see the jailbreak part. We kind of assumed he Well, you saw him walking towards light. Towards the light, right? That's the last we saw. I'm saying, what if they picked it up from the end of that one shot on the outside, and now he's got the rings, and he's he's flying in the air, and he's... (laughs) Like, how cool would that be? And you'd be like, oh my gosh, he was the Mandarin all along, you know? It would be great. But if they go to saying, okay, there's a different guy that's a Mandarin, and he looks... Even if they do that, that's okay. I, if, I agree with you. As long as they bring the Ben Kingsley character in in some way, like yeah. bring him in front of the Mandarin and he kills Ben Kingsley just to show his power, you and know, and how way, disgusted he is with the, the whole thing. That's the 80% chance that Ben Kingsley is really the bumbling idiot. Right. And now we'll get the real Mandarin. It'll be a little bit of a reboot for Marvel to, to, to say, okay, you didn't like that story. Fine. Here you go. But I still think they can do something with him. But you know what I can't believe? This is on a... Uh, a list of controversial scenes. I don't see it as controversial at all. I see this as like, like Marvel's brilliance, quite honestly, coming to to yeah. fruition. And you just haven't seen the full picture yet because yeah. we haven't gotten that far yet. This they, is how far out Marvel goes. <clears throat> Marvel you know? can do movies with talking raccoons and giant tree characters, right? uh, uh, Norse gods flying around with hammers who turn fat. Um, right. And become become <laughs> bros, and you know hey, hey. all these things, and yet the thing people are mad about is an honest to goodness fake out planned into a movie script. Right, that right. they got you. They got you. You didn't see it coming. 
that's what people, I think people are basically, like, you know how when you get pranked, you have that re- response of, oh, you're mad that you got they got you? Yeah. I think part of it's that. I think people were mad they I were tricked. Oh, well. All right, well, the number one moment is the Martha moment. <laughs> this is a From meme. Batman versus Superman. Oh, this is so such a meme I did now. Just, I did look it up. Martha was the name of Martha and Jonathan Kent. Okay, And Jonathan. you have Martha and Thomas Wayne. Yeah. So someone, there's a smart idea here in the fact that both the parents had a name Martha. Yeah. Okay, no one's ever really paid attention to that, that these two major heroes had mothers with the same name. I guess Someone so, yeah, thought I that, that up yeah. and said, we need to do something with that. It's like, no one's paying attention. That's so cool. But how they ended up doing it was, it was just... just weak sauce, it, quite honestly. Yeah, it became a meme. And honestly, it, it to me, it, supposedly Batman saw him as human and everything else. Yeah. Uh, did you get that out of that scene? I didn't get that out I, of that scene. Okay, I got that that's what they were trying to do. Right. I understood what they wanted Batman to feel, but the way it went... I, it didn't it's come like, out that way. It's like it was force-fed to me. Right. Okay, I get what you're trying to say, but I'm not. you're not, you're not earning it. Again, I go back to, is it controversial, though? Stupid, yes. <laughs> controversial, not so much. I just I don't see it as controversial. Just, I swear the only reason they set this out, uh, put this in is to set up the Bruce Wayne coming in to save Martha Kent, and you're going... You're one of Clark's friends, aren't you? It's like, well, yeah, that was the point. But but the way he did it, where he's like, "What's the last thing you'd say if someone was about to kill you? Would you name your mom to them, right? And I, say, I make sure she's okay." Yeah. I, they're trying to say that's his last thought, and he because he's something like save not, Martha, protect not, Martha, save Martha. I think he's trying to say my you know my mom's been kidnapped see, or whatever, but I, it it just didn't work. I have a solution to this. It really should have been. Hang on, Martha. I'm coming home. <laughs> that would have solved the problem well, it's right not, there. It's, his last thought isn't his girlfriend, Lois Lane, is it at the time? Well, his mom had been kidnapped. I know his right. mother has he's been kidnapped. Worried. He's, he's obviously thinking, I could save her in a second, but now right. I'm going to die. You Please, please save her, is what he's trying to say. But they, God, they didn't do it right. It just didn't, it didn't, something didn't sit right with that scene with yeah. me. It's one of those scenes where it's like you it built up all this tension and then just dropped the ball. It, it, they just... Like, it was you weird. had this, like, heated battle, and it was awesome, and you had Superman literally getting his butt kicked, but it ended with a drop ball. Okay, so the second subject we want to talk about tonight, Disney has finally released <laughs> their list of movies and TV shows that are going to be on the Disney Plus app. First off, for those of you who turned me on to the idea that if you joined the D23 Club and you can buy three years of Disney Plus free... It was actually you bought two, two years and you get one year free. Um, thank you. <laughs> do it. Because I did it. You can't anymore. You had to do it within, there was like a week time I'm just, frame. I'm just going to. Sorry. I'm so glad I did it. I really am. I know there's a lot of people that missed it and were like upset about it. But oh my goodness. Now that I'm seeing what I'm getting for what I paid for, Holy I'm crap. like. No, wait. I don't you need can anything still, else. You can still, however, get the Hulu Disney deal. That's available right, right up that, until lunch, Yes, you right? can still get that. Because yes. now that I'm doing Hulu as a trial and I'm really enjoying it, yeah. I probably will go that route. Because that's, yeah. I think, only like well, Disney 12 a month. Automatically, yeah, it's like three extra bucks, a, I think, yeah. a month. Uh, Disney automatically has said that their their next step is they want to actually package Hulu, Disney+, Plus, ESPN, and or something else as a full-on package is just a completely different like down the road, that's their plan is to have that as a completely separate package. Which is a something but that is very interesting. I'm looking at all this stuff going like I could be watching stuff for decades, m- decades, and still not see all of this. I mean, when you're looking at, and we're just looking right now at just the uh, yeah, 
the, the <laughs> alphabetical yeah. order of things. And there's some things that were like, yeah, yeah, like oh, like this is gonna be cool. Like yeah. for they, the list, if you go and look for it online, it's broken into both movies and then, and then TV, TV shows. shows. And then so, there's things like I'd never thought of, like bed knobs and broomsticks. You know, that that's a Disney movie that I totally forgot about it, that I watched as a kid. And, and the movie was pro- uh, the music in the movie was produced by the same people who produced the movie from Mary Poppins. Right, forgetting their names off the top of my head. For those who like the Jonas Brothers, Camp Rocks are both going to be in there, and my daughters will go crazy about that. If one. you find a Disney film, they probably have put the straight to Disney or straight to DVD Disney sequels. Here, here's the one I'm loving, like the old. Disney shows that we used to see when we had the Sunday night, uh, what was that called? The Magical World of Disney, yeah. right? Uh, things like Davy Crockett. Uh, one thing we didn't find was Swamp Fox. I am kind of a little upset about that, but hopefully... Nothing says they can't add it. Nothing says they couldn't add it later on. You know, I'm, I'm even looking at things like the Disney Nature series, things you know that they did about you know, oh, the Monkey Christmas Kingdom. Christmas time going to be Penguins. great here. You got the Disney Christmas Carol. You've got the Muppets ver- or the, the not the Muppets. Yeah, there is Muppets. The Christmas Muppets Carol. Christmas Carols on here, but you also have all the Once Upon a Mickey Christmas or whatever it's called. I'm like hyping up their whole app. They should be paying me because I'm hyping up their app for them. Disney, we can receive ad revenue. Come join I'm just, us. I'm just surprised. Like I forgot about all the little things that Disney's all done the over the years. Films. The herb, oh honey, the honey <laughs> films, honey, I shrunk the kids, honey, I uh, love the kid, uh, Ice Age, which I was surprised that Disney's carrying Ice but Age, but only two of them. Wait, 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 wait. Disney got Fox. No, that's true. Blue they did Sky buy is in Fox. In Fox, that's true. It's their they're animation gone. department. Both the Inspector Gadget films. Is that the live action or the? Yeah, the I'm sure they're the live I'm action. I'm sure it's Matthew the live action. Yeah, the Matthew yeah. Star Wars, uh, Lego Star Wars Yoda series. Chronicles. All of them. I'm just like I'm. I don't well, know if you've ever seen those, Eric. They're actually funny. This is interesting. They're they great. do. They are going to have what is considered one of the least earning movies of all time. It's actually the movie that destroyed Robert Zemeckis's live motion capture animation studio. And that's Mars Needs Moms. Oh, oh really? Um, that one I did see. Because he one. had done. Aww. We had you know the 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 Christmas Carol done with Jim Carrey. Right. They had one of the first ones he did was Beowulf. Right. Uh, he did a bunch of Oh, I remember of Beowulf. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, but then they did Mars Needs Moms, which is actually a book written by Berkeley Brethed, the guy who created Bloom County. He wrote a children's book called Mars Needs Moms, and they made an anime of it, an animated movie of it that did so poorly, it ended the animation studio that Zemeckis did. Mr. Holland's Opus. I live that life every yes. day now. Yes. Yes. That was my wife and I's first date movie. Yeah, you, yeah. 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 I did not know that one, but. So a lot of Muppets movies. Muppets <laughs> my wife and I's first date Muppet movie. Treasure Island. Secret Window, where, really? where Johnny Depp kills his wife. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Not sure I'd want to start off. That's all right. I got a better one for you. Here's one you don't ever do to your wife, by the way. Don't ever take her out to go see the movie Ransom while she's pregnant oh, yeah, and that's hormonal. A, that's a good one. I did that. That was a nice experience. My wife wanted to beat me up after it. Is that worse <laughs> than going and taking her to see Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, where my car? Where's it's my car? Stupid, is a great yeah. movie, but it's yeah. But like, mom says she wants her. Not as not as emotional as Ransom, and I don't think you've ever seen the movie Ransom. No. And when you watch it, it's it's pretty gut wrenching. That movie needs a sequel. I I agree with you. It really does. All of the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. films are here. Yeah, Eric pointed out too that the original Pete's Dragons on yep. here. So I mean, like, there's some movies like I said that, like, when you look through some of these, you're like, oh my gosh, that takes me back to my childhood. Uh, the Recess movies for kids, oh, you know, that are about The Recess Austin's was a TV age. show, too. Yes, I wonder it was if it's a TV, on the TV show. show. Yep, that turned into movies. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's Sky High. There's some oh, cool stuff there. 
All the Star Wars movies, by the way, of course. All of the <laughs> Snow Dogs and Dog films I see. Ooh, Steamboat Willie's in there, too. Steamboat Willie, which would be the original Mickey Mouse Your first short. And that's one. the other thing we were noticing, too. A lot of these movies yeah, are really kind of short. Some of them are short. Some, some of them are, are shorts. shorts. Not all of them, but some the of them are shorts. Tale. It's just every time I look through this, I the see Apple Dumpling thing. Gang. The Apple Dumpling Gang rides again. Yeah. The Aristocats, which is a good anime. Oh. Yeah, it was a great anime and great music in the Aristocats, yeah. by the way. Uh, it just I, I'm I am like every time I read this list, I'm going, oh my goodness! The my goodness, most goodness. underrated oh. Disney movie ever, which is The Emperor's New Groove. Yes, I don't think I've ever really watched that all the you way through. You have from beginning to. to end. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I watched that movie with some friends. We were like. Oh, this one seemed to come and go from the theaters. Oh, it's probably the one of their worst. We popped it in. We watched it. We died laughing for an hour and a half. It is so. It is so entertaining. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you can't find your movie, look for the word "the." Yeah. If it <laughs> starts with case. "the," it's under if the. It starts T's. with "the." It's under the T's. Instead the of doing original... it like Muppet Movie, comma the. Right. It's under T for the, the Muppet movie. movie. Yeah. Which they have both versions of that. I was gonna say, <laughs> um, the original uh, Herbie film, The Love Bug. They have. On there, and I know Dad hates it. The Good Dinosaur. I never saw The Good Dinosaur. Don't. Don't. <laughs> that was Pixar. Yes, it's like but their don't. worst one. Yes, it's, don't. It's two. What about an hour and a half of your time? You will not get back. Yeah, you don't get it back. And I'm sorry, I felt a little dumber when it was done. Here's one I didn't notice before. Willow. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Who yes. framed Roger Rabbit's on there? See, he doesn't know about Peck at all. See, I never saw Willow all the way through. Really? Oh, I I've love always into, Willow. always meant to always meant to watch Adore it again. For some that reason, movie. never did. Oh my gosh, love zombies? Willow. Zombies? So you'll have to check that one Disney out. Disney movie made zombies from 2018? Uh, yeah, I guess it was. I'm sure it's probably I'll have to something. go check it out. Either that yeah. or it was a, that <laughs> might have been a Fox movie. Now we can torture Dad with his, with his uh, childhood, The Adventure of Gummy Bears. Yes, so all the TV shows. Oh my gosh, they all take me back. I mean, Adventures of Gummy Bears, Avengers Secret Wars. I remember those shorts uh, from, from back in the, I want to say those were like late 90s. Rescue Rangers <laughs> for my Rescue Ranger fans out there. If you've never seen that show, you know. Darkwing Duck. DuckTales, Duck. both the original 87 and, series yep. and the new. I've been watching oh. the new one, by the way. I hear it's great. I it's facts. awesome, and it really is. I'll get to watch it the now. voices on it. I'm so stoked that they have Tenant working. Now, this I yeah. like because I've always wanted to watch it. Gravity Falls. Yeah, Gravity I'm Falls. Always, it's supposed to be very good oh, all the way through. Oh, Dad, here you it. are. Jonas, that's the TV show with the Jonas Brothers in it. Yay. <laughs> Ruth and Terry could torture with that one. <laughs> hey, we could watch Lego Disney Frozen Northern Lights, the shorts. What the heck? <laughs> Why? Because they want to torture you. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, this is clearly a very complete oh. list. It's like they're Muppet putting babies. everything in. Muppet and, babies. And there's all sorts of stuff on here that I'm going, I don't remember this, or or Tailspin, that takes me back to <laughs> I mean, these are all things, I'm just sitting here going, like, there's no way I could even watch all this stuff on this app. No. Oh. How does anybody else compete with this? Like... I'm sorry, oh, if you're I, Netflix well, and you're CBS or somebody else, how do you compete with this? I think you can compete with this quite a bit because, yeah, this is great, but there's a ton on here I've seen that I'll never watch again. You know, Question. there's there's a lot of... I know you're the type who will rewatch things and go <laughs> over, and over, over and over and yes. over. And I'm the type who... There are certain movies that I can kind of do that with, but there's so much new stuff that I, I find yeah. I don't like to take the time for an old thing. I want a new thing. So... You know, see, I'll I, see some movies more than once to get more out of them. There's two reasons I watch old things if I'm watching them. Either the nostalgia. I want to take myself back to my childhood. And sometimes that's just what I want to do. I want to escape the stupid crap happening on in the world and I want to go back to my childhood. The other one is I've actually found sometimes when I watch older stuff, I catch things now as you, an adult that catch. I didn't catch as a kid. <laughs> and like you watch and you go, oh, 
I didn't know that. Like, it yeah. didn't click in, yeah. you know, as a kid. And then now Especially the adult. adult jokes you get, too. Yeah, like, you know, like, your head. it went way over my head when I was a kid. So, um, I'm you, excited about the Disney Plus app. I really am. Beyond the Mandalorian, I'm just looking at this going, that doesn't I even mean, have the Mandalorian I, or any of the new shows on there. It's just all the old that's, stuff. That's what else is there yeah. except for the new stuff. See, that's the thing is, the thing I'm excited about the Disney Plus app for is all the Marvel TV shows and the Mandalorian. Right. Those are the things that I'm I want to watch the most. Right. And I'm not This other stuff's like icing on the cake. Yeah, there yeah. I'm, I'd like to go back and maybe watch Pete's Dragon because yeah. I, I remember that as a kid. I'd like to go back and see some of these things or or watch the new DuckTales because I've never had a chance to watch oh, all the new DuckTales. Right. So a really good uh, There's Scrooge. there's definitely things in there that I want to see. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to get the app. But it's not to me it's not that's not the draw for you. It's not, yeah, that's a good list, but I, here's the thing. If you took Netflix's list and tried to put it all out, yeah. it'd probably be like probably 10 times like that. that too. It'd be yeah. 10 times as long as that. It's just tons of stuff people don't care about. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of foreign films. There's a lot of foreign TV shows. Right. There's a lot of documentaries. documentaries and things that people may not be into. It's Netflix has a ton. They're just really hitting you here with the nostalgia. It's all stuff right. you know. It's true. That's the trick. Yeah. You could scroll through this and almost every single name you recognize. Right. Whereas if someone did a list of, say, Netflix or, God forbid, Amazon Prime, which has tons, if you've ever been on Amazon Prime, it's... It's a lot of stuff you might be like, well, I never heard of that, or what's right. this, or oh, that's a direct-to-video movie that they just <laughs> happened to buy the rights to, and now they're showing it, or you right. know, it's, there's a lot of that stuff in the other ones. And these guys, it's all everything they list is all quality. It's all stuff you're pretty familiar with, right. and that's where they got a huge step above other people is name recognition. You're right. You're gonna scroll through that list and be like, I know all this, right? And that's gonna be a, quite an experience. Not everything on there was quality. I've watched. Uh, Aladdin 2 Return of Jafar <laughs> there are some there are some yeah. pretty bad ones too uh, they'll, be, they'll be the ones that you'll never get played but. yeah okay so those are our thoughts on those two subjects we'd love to hear from you head on over to our Facebook page or Twitter feed find us on YouTube uh, give us some comments send us some email it's galaxycast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you uh, we're going to take a break here in just a second we're going to be back to talk about two that's right count them two more episodes of Star Wars Resistance look What's that ahead? Are those asteroids? No, they're commercials. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Cornbread. I'm Judy, and we met on SeeHarmony.com. I saw her profile, and I just knew I'd found somebody special, a real Georgia peach. I'm from L.A. There's just something about her, that red hair, those long legs kind of hard to put into words. I was kind of leery of using a site like Sea Harmony. You never know what kind of weirdos are on there. But obviously there was a certain someone who caught my eye and I couldn't be happier. Our first date was at Sears. He was pricing log splitters. I told her she was good. I'd take her to corn dog on a stick. Then he said those three words every woman loves to hear. This look infected. We've been with each other ever since. We wake up together every morning. I feel like I know him so well. It's, it's like, like we, we finish, finish each, each other's, other's paragraphs. sentences. Yeah. I'm just truly thankful to see Harmony for introducing us. I can't imagine where I'd be without him. Probably still in bed. The future is now. The future is in the cloud. Cloud computing. What's cloud computing? Imagine a computer you share with everyone. Imagine your private data spread around the world, being shared equally with everyone. It's the cloud. I'm in the cloud. 
It's utopia. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Imagine instead of your own computer, it's a giant one we all share together. Your data is safe. It's in the cloud. Everyone's in the cloud. Live life surrounded by the mists of time with Cumulonimbus Computing. The cloud is hard to describe. You can't see when you're in it. And when you get close, it disappears. Where'd the cloud go? Now, when your data is damaged, you don't need to fire the IT department. You can fire the Internet. You're fired, Internet. We've taken the metaphor to extremes. Because when you're in the cloud, lightning won't strike. It's Cumulonimbus Computing. I'm really in the clouds. You're in the clouds now. The Force is back. The Rebels won't tire till they see the last of the Empire. And Kenner's there with Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. I'm off to rescue R2-D2. Why, Wing Fighter, you have to put it together. Batteries not included. Action figures eat so separately. Activate laser cannon. Ready, aim. On target! Luke Skywalker to base, we're coming in! Y-Wing Fighter, action figures sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about two, that's right, two episodes of Star Wars Resistance titled The Core Problem, which was episode 16, and The Disappeared, which is episode 17. And they were kind of interconnected, so I'm kind of glad we watched them back to back. Yeah. Production-wise, did you guys notice a difference here? A little bit, yeah. Like, the scripting seemed a little more cohesive. I'm what do you sure, think, Eric? I'm not sure what you're getting Did at. you see an uptick in production or no? I felt that... Well, here's... The core problem for me was a big problem. I okay. Did, I did not like that episode. We'll get to that in rating when we can do the rating. The other one, I felt like the next one was finally starting to tell a story. Yeah. You know, it's they they they've sped up the timeline a bit. I almost feel like maybe the first order should have been sneaking onto the the platform earlier in the series. It took right. too long for them to get there and now that they're there it's it's picking up a little bit. Right. I also am picking uh you know, they're definitely making tie-ins to The Force Awakens now that are very strong. Yep. And you're starting to see those connection points. So it's clear that they're ramping up to something, finally. <laughs> it, but, uh, it only took them 15 episodes to yeah. get there. But I don't know if, like, production value, not really. I didn't, I mean. I just say that because I, I, I thought I saw a production uptick in production value in that 
you know, little things were finally happening in the background and in the foreground that we'd never seen before. Like I said to you guys, the floating platform was actually floating yeah, and moving. You, you were, I noticed it. It kind of freaked me out because I was like, wait a minute. It's actually moving. You know, before they would imply there's a floating platform there, but it didn't actually move in the background right. while they were talking. So I felt like those little things that they added in kind of helped to add to the value. Now, right. the blocking was still reasonably horrible, honestly, throughout both episodes. Yes. And the storylines were a little bit punchy all the way through. Yeah. I just I thought I found it interesting that as we're coming into these last five episodes or so, I kind of feel like maybe the production team went, hey, we should really start stepping up our yeah. game and, and making sure that if the story sucks, at least we're going to give them some visuals that look cool. At, at least I felt yeah. a little bit I of mean, that. I mean, here's the problem I had. So we got the core problem. The idea behind the core problem is, A, the First Order is horrible at guarding platforms because Poe Dameron can sneak on and off and uh, well, not Kaz like he can sneak, sneak on, and on and off, but off. he can run around in an orange jumpsuit and with not a rebel be seen. symbol on right, it. With a rebel, rebel symbol on his white. Not even bother putting a cloak or something over it, for nope. God's sakes. No, nope. and he can be seen, and, and, and everybody's okay with it. It's I mean, all cool. Even if he was, let's say, wearing what he would wear in The Force Awakens with the jacket and the more. See, that, to me, that would have been more believable if yeah, he'd it have been looked coming more on casual, with that. but he's in his flight suit. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, but we get we was flying in, but they had some problems with their scale in this one. So they okay. show a planet with a giant hole in it, mm-hmm. and they fly into that hole. When you see the planet from a distance, the hole is about the size of the United States. It's right. gigantic. When they fly into the hole, it looks like it's it to get smaller, a couple hundred right? yards across. Yeah, it looks tiny compared to the hole you saw from a distance. It's that's just an example of well we have to animate this differently once we're in it you know make it feel whatever because right. if they did this giant gaping hole through the thing and you flew into that well the sense of scale would be it'd be hard to do well not only that but then that the supposed pull right gravity because gravity well, they're flying towards the core of the planet which has right. a gravity point which okay but didn't the core get pulled. Well, it did, but the, the planet we... itself would still have a center point of gravity it's spinning around, and as they get closer to that, oh, they okay. were being... It does See, I was things. seeing it as the core is out, so therefore there's no gravity pull, so why would there be a gravity well? But I get what you're saying. There's, okay. Yeah, the ob- still, the, a, a, a shape in space pull, still right, has we'll a, gra- still a, a central point of gravity. Right, I, I didn't think of it that way. And you're right, I, I did. I was going to mention that, that like we have this big old hole, and then you get closer, and it feels like it's a little tunnel. Oh, yeah. If the hole was e- equal flying into it, as the outside, then the whole planet was about a mile and a half across. Right? <laughs> it was, right, like, yeah. It, it didn't, was, the scale didn't work. And then on top of that, you throw all these asteroids, or whatever you want to call it, in the middle of it, and that made it feel even smaller, and still, you could have you could have kept the gaping hole, right? And just had lots of rocks in there. Mm. And that would have helped fill that void, but instead, that's it kind also, of felt like they short-sighted that. You well, know? that's also difficult. To, I think animating things like at that scale, and that many pieces and everything, is difficult. You know what I mean? It's It's not... It, that'd be a lot more expensive to animate more rocks. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can agree with you on that one. Absolutely, it would be. Uh, what did you guys think of this first episode? Let's talk about that one first. The, this was called The Core Problem, and basically the First Order... The best way I can describe it is is we find out that the First Order's been gutting planets. Is which, that, I guess that's the best way to put that's, it. Yeah. Which is basically, okay, we're talking about Starkiller Base... And um, that's about all the references you can make. But on top of that, they kept making the 
Star Wars cliche lines like you had. I, I feel like somebody's watching us. Well, what you yeah, needed well, was well, I have a bad feeling. You would have. We'll come all. back to the cliches because they were stacked up almost on top of each other. I want to talk about that in a minute. But all one right. thing I did want to bring up in in the core problem. What do you guys think was? Why were they gutting the cores on all these planets? Like, what what do you think was they were doing here? Some could argue they were because the star. First of all, they fly they fly, they fly out to a system, system without a star without a star. Right. So you've got to assume that Star Killer Base draining the power of a star like it did in the Force Awakens. It sucks up a whole That's star. That's kind of the assumption I made. Yeah, the planets could have been first test fire attempts, mm. punching holes into things not oh, at full power. Okay, you know, kind of like the first Death Star shot we saw. On in Rogue One. In Rogue One, where it didn't destroy the planet, but it blew a huge amount of debris into the air, and it was a gigantic it just explosion. leveled a city. So, I feel like maybe that's what this system was. They sucked up the energy of the star of the system, and then they took shots at the surrounding planets as tests. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I gathered. Now, it could also be that they were mining these planets, and they sucked out all the raw materials for Starkiller Base, but then if they were doing that, it's weird that the star is also gone. Right. It's a, it kind of. I kind of feel like the star being gone means that they test fired. Okay. I have to agree. So do you the temple that they run into? What What do you think? I that, don't know. It's, I it's one of those things like, where they're hinting at something. Was it just that there was? I th- maybe they were just trying to humanize the planet a bit. That oh, people lived here. Look, there's a there's a stuffed animal that he carries around now because but, people died. Oh, it, you gotta you gotta make it. You gotta make the the human toll somehow. So they needed that visual. I guess, but it was just weird. They made reference to something they didn't even follow up with. But, the, but then the distress signal, yeah, leads in that direction. There, well, that's right. No yeah. reference to it after that. Yeah, point. we don't know why there was a distress, unless it was a distress signal that was started before the firing happened, and everyone died, and it's just right. Still maybe playing. it was from the temple or something, right? Yeah, the distress but signal. We don't go into the. But temple they don't make any reference to that. Yeah, yeah. that was the other part. I'm like, and why is there a probe droid flying around? What's, right. What's it well, looking it, at? There? Why is the probe droid there? Yeah, <laughs> like Could why it be yeah. maybe flying around trying to make sure that. No information gets to the resistance about it because technically what they're doing might be illegal as being. The or first what's order. so important about that temple that the probe droid needs to be near? It's right there. Yeah, I just, I, I, you'd think if it was that important, they'd have the whole system cordoned off with with starships and it stuff. Just right, a little like in. too planned out. Like they get there and the probe droid's there. It was not like right where they there are. was a reason the pro- probe right. droid would be there. It's just casually like, oh, it's here. Well, and Von Reg shows up. The oh, the red. God. So if TIE fighter. you have four TIE fighters flying in with a tactical advantage <laughs> in the air, two parked ships, ships. on the ground, and people not and even they, undercover, they, can't even they don't even them. blow up the standing still ships first right. and then fly. You know, it's like horrible visual planning and blocking and arranging. It just, it And then on top of cringe. it, statistically, they're worse than a stormtrooper. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't hit anyone on the ground. No. Yeah, then they with f- the deuce. And the two I people tried. were able to I get tried. into their plane and fly off. <laughs> the stupid red guy kept getting in my way. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I don't and get he's it. supposed to be like a top notch. <laughs> right, he's supposed to be a top notch. He's supposed to be like a red baron. Austin pointed that out. Like He was asking, like, isn't he supposed to be like a red baron? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, and I'm like, I know, he's missing every single shot. <laughs> like, like, hor- oh, that scene was just <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Uh, horrible. And it had so much potential. Again, like, there was a possibility. I would have liked one of the ships. Maybe one survives and the other one gets blown up. Like, blow up Poe's ship and leave the leave the crappy yeah, racer as the, their last hope, you know, whatever. The, you'd have to keep the, hope. You'd, you'd have to keep the uh, X-Wing alive because it's the same X-Wing that's in Force Awakens, so... Like, yeah, well, you're not saying it's the exact same one. It could be a diff- completely different one, for all you know. It's got the same paint scheme, come on. What about all the... the the quirky one-liners from Star Wars. I mean, they pretty much they like, they played up, heavy on it, right? They pretty much racked up every one-liner yeah. you could think of from Star Wars beyond the whole uh, 
one that Austin mentioned. What yeah. was the one you mentioned? I have a bad That's feeling about, about this. Yeah, that was the only one I think they didn't the quite only touch. One didn't say. And they almost <laughs> racked him up like back to back to back. And I'm, I was, yeah. there was a point where I'm getting there going, "All right, did somebody just sit down with the Star Wars like quotables book and just start writing all the quotes in back to back and go, "Hey, look, there's a story here, guys." You know, like it just it, it was it oddly written like that, that way, and I don't know why. It felt like as if they had the paper of like. Here's all the the hundred and one Star Wars cheesy liners, and they just picked all of the first hundred and forgot one or something. And then on top of it, so they get to the temple. They don't go in the temple. No. We don't know if it's a Jedi temple, a Sith temple. You know, there was some just weird, a regular religious temple of this culture. There was some weird flag at the top. We have no yeah. idea what that was or whole, what it's implying. The whole thing with Poe being there all of a sudden for no reason, and it's like, oh, I got to pick up BB-8. It's like. I was just about to say, then well, then we get to the end of the episode, so everything else isn't weird enough. Then all of a sudden Poe's like, well, now I need to take BB. we got to go. Yeah. We're going to Jakku. And out of nowhere, it's like, we're going to take BB-8, and he's no longer going to be in the show. Good luck, guys. Right, they're tying, obviously they're tying into the Jakku from the beginning of The Force well, Awakens. Well, he said he had to go but... meet with Organa and on Jakku, yeah. and they made reference to the, it. What was the name of the new droid? 2B-22, I think, or, or something like that. Whatever the heck it is. And, and, it's and, a red and blue, white... BB-8 unit. It's great. I like it, but it's just... I just don't understand why it had to be... And then we had this weird, like, volleyball exchange. In, in space. Detroit, space you know, yeah. In space, like... I don't know. That was just kind of another weird moment where they, like... Even they passed by each other and gave the thumbs up yeah. to it. It's just, I don't know. It was over the top. It didn't need to happen that way. What and I was waiting for that never happened was is that the, the two droids switch and the red droid just gets blasted by the red baron. Then they come back and they're in the... the they're in the bay mm-hmm. talking, and BB-8's not there, and this new <laughs> droid comes in, and nobody... I mean, like, they questioned it, but... The girl does. She the girl does, but at the same time, she didn't really probe him at all about, like, really, where the heck did this droid go? Or Well, he said, I went and took BB-8 for repairs, and they, this is a this, loner. This droid's you really think she bought that, though? No. I mean, not. nobody buys that. That's bull. But that's part of the poor writing of this, is that they show that she's not buying it, but she's not acting like a real person who would continue to question and push and all this. Right. And, and it's, a way it, to get out of that, like, we don't know how to write all these questions in is to have the gentleman with the spiky hair here take him to his office. Yeah, it's it's they just There's they find way ways to, to avoid the conversations that would logically happen. Yeah. So it's like you open with horrible Poe just appears on the platform, For, and the, their their way they get the ship out of there is to land a multi to, to attach a multicolored ship, not even to the bottom of which, a which of a spaceship, right but to top. the top of it where everyone's flying overhead and can see it. There's a scene where literally Tie fighters Three fly time. by, and Poe ducks behind the brightly colored ship as if he's hiding a from the Tie fighters. So yeah. it's like, oh, the the strange colored ship's not an issue, but the you being seen would be. And then they go through the whole sequence. Of course, he's oh. wearing an orange jumpsuit yeah. with the yellow colored ship. And, just, uh, and then they uh, fall, and the heck, there's the whole issue of not being able to launch the the the, the engines and Poe's hanging from the fallen ship and all this, and then they get which, into space. And it's like, then they do the whole sequence on the planet, which is horribly blocked. You get the people showing up who can't shoot standing still spaceships <laughs> on the ground. You get a horrible space battle where no one can do anything. They fly into the... You get the whole planet issue with the scale being off. Right. And then the lazy writing at the end, which they're trying to be mysterious about, 
Poe says, oh, don't worry, I'll, uh, your droid knows how to get back on the planet past the First Order, and then he just shows up in the hangar, and it's supposed to be like, it. oh, we guess there's some special secret, they know a way in and out now, but it's like the writers didn't have time to think what that, that issue was, so they're like, we just won't show it. People will just be like, oh, that's cool, it's mysterious, when it's really just lazy writing. So this whole, I had problems with this entire, this core problem. Well, just racked up everything that I had issues with. So the you're, whole, you're I did there. not like this episode. Uh, and I, I didn't think it was awful, but I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the episode either. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just felt like at least we were getting some sort of mystery and some sort of... Yeah, I'm fine with the idea I mean? like, of there's another mystery, but it's like twice in this series now, Poe has shown up just to take Kaz, pull him off the station, go look at something randomly. in space randomly, then come back, and that's it. It's almost like, well, we're just spending so much time on the station. We need to get him out again. Here, here's my other randomness out of this whole story that makes no sense. How is there an X-Wing... In the middle of the atmosphere, and no TIE fighters have seen yeah. it, nobody's because run into all, it. Because all the First Order pie pods didn't pass their uh It's not cloud, It's not Cloud City. I mean, yeah. seriously. <laughs> how does... I? Uh, uh. And then we're going up into space, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, all right, so... Uh, you know, and now I'm getting uh, really logical, and, and I, I should stop getting I like logical, how Kaz's but, ship, which can barely function in the atmosphere, suddenly can go at sublights or light right? speed to this other location, right. no problem. right. Well, and I'm sitting there going, if Poe's hanging onto the side of Kaz's ship, and they're up thousands of feet in the air, first off, the atmosphere is pretty thin. Now, he had, he, had a he did mask. have the oxygen mask on, but how the... He's hanging onto his yeah, ship. Yeah, I know. Okay, in order to get up that high, you have to go a certain amount of speed in order to get there. There is no way somebody's hanging... That'd be like grabbing onto the side of a 747 yeah. and hanging on for dear life, and that's not a problem. You'll be able to survive. That's not a big deal. Bull, had, bull. I call they it just, They just need it again. It's like, oh, we need you know the excitement to happen here now, right. so let's put in a little action sequence of them not being able to ignite the engine. But you really didn't need to have you that didn't excitement. Need it. Didn't, you didn't need it. It was unnecessary. So do we want to, Let's rate this one, and then we'll move on to the next one. What did you guys think of this one? Zeros that don't bother. Tens that must see. Anybody want to go first? Giving it a three. Okay. Three. It, I get, and all three come from the fact that they referenced Starkiller Base and there's some sort of mystery with this system being destroyed. But again, they didn't answer their own questions. And I know, oh yeah, you want to save things for later, but I have a feeling these will be more dropped plot points. We'll never hear about that temple again or the distress signal. Right. And they won't, you know, they won't cover the things that, that they, they bring up. It's like they'll just kind of leave them. Yeah. So I, I would actually, I was going to give this one a four. <laughs> like they said, I didn't hate it. I liked some of the mystery. You know, I have a mixed feelings about them not telling us what the temple is. Could be a Jedi temple. Could be a Sith temple. Could just be a religious temple. So part of me, you know, was kind of in and out. But part of me was also like, why the heck did they bother landing on the planet for the temple? If if nothing was going to happen with that, other than Kaz came home with a stuffed whatever. Yeah. Lothal cat or whatever it is that we're looking at. No, it's the Twi'lek thing from yeah, it has Clone two, Wars. It has two. Uh, oh, okay. So it. it's it's it looked the... like the thing from Clone Wars with the one Twi'lek girl, and they go into the yeah. House I get what and... you're saying. So whatever it is, it. Uh, other than that, what was the point of going onto yeah. the planet? I just didn't get so that there were a lot of points where you're kind of like this kind of seems semi pointless. So that's that's where I'm at uh, was a four and and for me it was a downer because now we lose BB-8 and he was yeah. like reason I was watching this show and the whole reason like, they, the whole reason they set up the gravity well was not for anything important other than when they are fighting with the spaceships they can they can they, have it yeah they can use it against the other Tie Fighters and stuff awesome what would you rate this I'm gonna be the lowest in the group but the two okay because we've gone back to the rebel style writing where it's like these things are so placed and so planned that it's like there's no coincidental I, like oh, we're on this planet, we start walking through the temple, and all of a sudden there's pro droids because there's still some people alive and they've been trying to find them. Or 
we land and we don't talk about the temple. We just pick up this Twi'lek stuffed doll and walk I hate off. to say it. I think this show is actually making Rebels look really good. Exactly. At times. <laughs> kind like, of. Yeah. I oh, mean, I, like, if we weren't podcasting about this show, I wouldn't be watching it. I yeah. agree with you. I, I not. Yeah. I wouldn't be. I think after the first three or four, I would have been done. So let's move on to the second episode we watched tonight called The Disappeared. Uh, basically, what we find out here is that the there are people on the platform that are disappearing, and pretty much anybody who speaks out against the First Order suddenly Bye-bye. disappears. Because <laughs> now, and, even though Captain Doza had said, I stay in charge, you're just here for security, the First Order has pretty much taken over the base. They are policing it. They're stopping events from happening. They are taking people who you know, fight with them there. It's basically become a military platform run by the first order, which we knew eventually would happen. I mean, I, at least it's in not this eventually one, it happened like in three right. episodes. <laughs> I mean, at least in this one, there's a reference to, and we see the racer, the racers the actually racing. The we see aces. the aces, but yet <laughs> again, we've only had what one or two races prior to yeah. this point. I we like see our third race. I like here. how Doza had the line. The race is really important to the culture and everything of this station. I'm like, we've seen them race twice. Right. I don't yet. Yeah, you can say that as much as you want, but if you're not writing it into the episodes to be seen in the background right. happening all the time, leaderboards, at least saying, Oh, look who's in the lead this week. Something referencing the fact that racing goes on all the time. I feel like there's been two races and now there's not going to be, it's, it doesn't feel like it's important. Right. Like we got to stop racing. And so we're going to lock all the ships down. Like, great. Cause you're locking down a whole bunch of ships that I've never seen. Yeah. Like great job. Like I, I don't, I was like, wasn't that the whole main selling point of this show was it's going to be and Gary yeah. races and racers. Gary brought that up in the last episode. Where's the racers? He kept saying that, and I thought it was kind of interesting. So Tonight, they, we finally see the racers. I'm like, where's Gary? Because I'm like, we finally saw them, but it was kind of like, not really. We saw them enough just to say yeah. they're still there. I mean, the, the what's his name there? The ex-tie pilot finally spoke. Yeah, for the first <laughs> time, we actually hear... Uh, Griff Holleran actually say something. It was like three words, yeah. but at least You're he like, said something. I, I just... I. These episodes keep leaving you at the point where you like you want more, but they won't give it. And then what you do get is not that great. Well, that's an interesting one. I didn't know Bo Keevil was uh, voiced by Dave yeah. Filoni. That's that's interesting. I, he I, looks like a freaking Plo Koon creature. Really. He is. He's from that the same planet. Yeah. yeah. So hype Phazon's the big deal here. It. He, he gets mad when gets the races are stopped. He storms off angry, and he goes in to the hangar to go to his ship, and yeah. the stormtroopers are there looking at it and touching it. He reacts, tries to tell them what to do. They clearly are mad at him. He clearly feels frightened well, and they, says, they, hey, I'm sorry. And they cuts there with them looking very intimidating to him. Right. And then, they, of course, the bar person, I'm, I'm forgetting uh, the character's Aunt name. Z. Aunt Z. Yeah. You're not uh, remembering characters' names. She, she's the same thing. as, what's his name, Plunkett, right? From uh, yes. Jakku. Yes. I believe they're the same race, yes. Yeah, they look it. Uh, and so she can't shut up because she really hates the uh, First Order being here. And Yeah, they try so to put up volunteer recruitment, join recruitment yeah. posters, holograms yeah. on her counter, and she's mad about it. Right. Which, and, you get, and you get the little, the little forgive my French, the little dick robot... <laughs> Yes, BB ninety. <laughs> yeah, coming in and, and like telling on people and acting. Kind of like, glad they were using him that way. Yeah, though, well, I mean. that was actually a nice touch. Yes, and I. It's I, like a perfect way to show how 
wow and tight this droid is compared to BB-8. Oh, yeah, he had a person, <laughs> just a little bit he did, he had a personality, and he was annoying as heck. Yeah, and I, I kind of like the fact that they showed it's all in the programming, yeah. right? Like, you this f- robot was obviously programmed to be a tattletale yeah. and to tell the stormtroopers exactly what's going on. And even on. though it's this little thing, it's intimidating people by it keeps putting out the like, yeah. little electrical, electrical shock. Yeah. Like, hey. You yeah. would feel like that if this droid did not have the electrical shock, you could just kicking it around. Oh, yeah. He'd get mad at you, and you just kick it. Pick it up, <laughs> carry it, drop it over the edge into the water. <laughs> Thank that you. You'd be playing soccer. No! <laughs> and the thing would be like, <laughs> but but you know, I I did I did find that funny that the robot had a personality and did end yeah. up kind of like pretty much everybody that ended up being disappeared started with BB nine E. He's really kind of the culprit behind it all. He's a he's a, uh, a reporter. <laughs> well, he is, and I, I found it interesting too the the conversation that Pyre has with Doza about you know the fact that the First Order is taking over here and and he really is starting to lose control and he realizes it. I think it's why he's meeting with Kaz's boss, which oh, I he is. Boss. They're they're planning something. I think I think Doza's also working with the resistance. We just don't know it yet. I think there's a good chance. Yeah, I and I'm pretty sure of it. I think he's trying to keep Tora out of it cuz he doesn't want her to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. But something tells me Tora is also going to play a major role in, in the resistance later on. And so hype phase on vanishes. And they they ask where he is because we're having this disagreement between and I'm not seeing her listed there uh, the the assistant the other mechanic girl who disagrees oh yeah, yeah. with oh. Kaz the two yeah. of them clearly are on opposite sides she Which believes that the first order is there uh, order and order control, control and protection yeah bringing like a government power yeah. in place Leads and she's very much circle. on that side and he so it's showing they they clearly clearly disagree about that and they right. keep playing that up and then. She asks where Hype is, and they give her an answer that he's left, and she just accepts it, and they don't. And they go looking for him, find that his ship is still there, and they very clearly know he's been kidnapped or been taken. And they come back to the bar to find that Aunt Z is missing, too. So they they know that people are missing. Because the droid behind the bar is running circles trying to keep track of drinks and such. We've run full circle with this uh, argument between Kaz and whoever her name is. Because in the episode, the new trooper... Where he goes undercover as a stormtrooper, they have this argument with the kids who knocked the trooper out because they were trying to catch him. Because they right. were fishing and everything. We've gone full circle. We've already talked about this. You don't think that there would be a little change in her character? It just shows how flat the character development is. Well, I just think that it shows that certain people believe in the order and some certain people believe that order brings less freedom. So yeah. that's really the argument that's being brought about there. So I think the interesting thing about the whole thing, though, is Hype ends up in the same container with Aunt Z and yeah. two other who people. are the other characters. Gravel, Gravel here. from D. Bradley Baker. And, and that's the only one I can see. Yeah, there was one other. And I, I think it was him. the robot. No, right. no, no. It was a guy that had, like, uh, tusk in his teeth. He had, had uh, bigger I didn't, tusks. I didn't he, notice. He, was, he didn't speak at all. He was just there. Meanwhile, Tora and Kaz decide they've got to go find where these people are. So they're... Sneak around the base, and this is where it gets really weird. They have to sneak into this one area to try to figure out, you know, they wanted to look at Hype Phase on the ship, and so they send in the new droid with boxes. Of course, I they did trick me. I yeah, thought they were trying good... to go in on, on boxes, and instead like, they put those creatures these... that bit everybody's hands off a couple episodes yeah. ago. 
I, it was a good. It was I thought a, it was a good decoy. This was better writing. Right. The, the the typical writing would have been oh they hide in the boxes right, and, and or something you know right. and to do this switch up was nice. Yeah. Um, they did this a couple times in this episode where they I thought they were going one way when Kaz was banging on the door saying hey right. people are being kidnapped and this and that and and I thought the door was going to open and there'd be a bunch of stormtroopers in there talking and he would have yeah given I thought there would the be too yeah. yeah there was and a couple fe- like and, bait and switches we yeah. just didn't see coming and it was nice so clearly this is being written better. Right, I agree. And so, how about the ending? What did you guys think of the ending? Where well, so they go. Well, let's talk about them rescuing the people first. Okay. So they actually op- they go to the container, and again, a smart idea. They don't just let the people out of the container. Right. They say, "Wait till you get on the ship. We'll kidnap the ship and take it, and you can get off world." And that's right. thinking ahead. It's like, well, if you are taken out of the container, we're not going to be able to hide you forever. It's a finite space. They're going to tear the place apart looking for you. But if we take over the ship and get out of here you escape. Right. So I'm like, okay, another smart idea, finally, you know, that they're writing into the story. But the escape is, again, horribly blocked. It's stormtroopers two feet away, not being able to hit people with stuns, and slowly approaching someone hanging on a ledge, not bothering just to take him out, and giving time for someone else to rescue him, and the whole thing is done. That part, again, was planned badly. I I absolutely agree. Yeah, why not just step on Kaz's hand? Yeah. And kick him off the platform. He literally takes a shot at Kaz while he's hanging from the thing, and Kaz just ducks his head and it goes over. Right, right. I was like, really? How does that happen? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then we get after the hijacking the ship, and uh, what's the green face dude name? I'm forgetting him. Hype Phazon. Hype Phazon says, I can fly anything. Another cheesy one-liner. So, But the thing is, I believe Hype could fly. I mean, I I, I think he could. It's a believable line, but it's kind of like... Well, yeah, it's, it's cliche. So Aunt Z makes a reference to going off world to, help, to find somebody to help. Yeah, she, she says, knows somebody. Tobacco, Donna. Any idea who that might be? You guys were thinking it was uh, Kaz. Kaz. I was thinking, thinking Maz Kanata. Maz, Maz Kanata. Maz, Maz Kanata, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's either that or somebody like that. I'm thinking that she's got to know. Yeah. It's either that or she's going to go what to Jakku. <laughs> to see her. To see. Uh, like where she's related to right, the other guy. Right. Ukar Plunkett. Or Plunkett yeah, or Plunkett or whatever. The one I'll that. I'll give uh, you yeah. two portions. There you go, right? <laughs> like maybe maybe that's her husband or something. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be interesting. That would be it? funny as all nice get out, actually. Yeah. And they're on Jakku. At the same time, on the other side of the planet, Poe is having issues. Right, right. <laughs> and actually, yeah, that actually I would, I would be kind of a nice It would be time. more funny if you saw a young Ray just walk by. You, you might. You might get yeah. a Ray cameo. I was going to say, get a very, very young Ray, like a teenager Well, not Ray. very young. This is all happening. This is all happening pretty uh, much happening the same time. This is happening days before yeah. First Order, so right. she'll be the same. She'll be Ray. So, okay, fine. they head off planet. The assumption is they take the ship over. Well, they, yeah. we see them take the ship yeah, over. and they fly it away. And they fly it away. Ka- Kaz, Tora, and the droid walk away. Saying, like, no one's going to figure out it was us. Right. And then they get back to their hangar, and they open the door, and there's the First Order. With Pyre. Well, no, Ka- Ka- with with Pyre. It was Ka- oh, was Ka- with Pyre there? Yeah, yeah Pyre was Because he's the one who walks there. up oh, no. and says that you're under Tora's, arrest. Tora didn't go with Kaz. Kaz opens up the door with the droid. Right, Tora took... That's right, Tora went back. To Tora and Doza, Captain Doza, I believe, are back at the Aces. Uh, but they're under arrest. Do you think they're really under arrest? I mean, like... Yeah, I think the episode's gonna... They're trying to... Set, we're two episodes away from the ending. Yeah. So I think uh, yeah, we're setting much. up a... They're actually going somewhere Showdown. finally. They're, right. they're finally going somewhere yeah, with I agree this. with you. I mean, that ending is the first ending where I was almost like, I want to see the next episode. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the first time where I'm kind of like, you actually left me on a cliffhanger and yeah. I want to know what you're doing. Let's go free three for three. Come on, let's go yeah. watch another one. <laughs> well, let's rate this one. So zero again, zeros that don't bother, tens of must-see. What would you guys think of this particular episode? You want to go first? I'll give it a five. Okay. I, I, it was better writing. Blocking was terrible, but 
we had Rebel episodes that we could stand that were like that. There were some convenient plot points, but at least they're smart enough to say, well, we're not just going to pick you guys out of the container. We'll wait to get the ship and take over the ship. We'll be smart about how we get into the office instead of just breaking in. We'll just create a decoy. And that was a great idea. I like the way they did some of the things. The things that I just don't like is that it's constantly Doza saying, I'm in charge, and First Order going, yeah, no, you're not. We've had this argument for how many episodes yeah. now? It's time to let it go and get to a point where it's like, and I feel like this episode, we're finally getting to the point where Doza's like, okay, let's go contact the Resistance and get this fixed. And we should have done that two episodes ago with this particular conversation. I was going to give it a six. The reason I'm giving this one a six, which is probably, I think, the highest marking I've given yet to a Resistance <laughs> episode. No, we've had some eights. Yes, we have some eights? Yeah. Okay. There is actually a decent plot point in here, several of them. There were some quirky things, but I was willing to put up with them only because a majority of the episodes are actually pretty decent. And like you said, for the first time, we want to we want to move on to the next one. And actually, I was I was actually at the edge of my seat the whole time going, I'm wondering how they're going to play this out. Like, I'm wondering how this all fits in with The Force Awakens. And we're starting to get to that point where yeah. we're starting to see some inner tying. So now they're really starting to grab my attention. And actually, I'm really kind of liking the tension between the First Order and... Doza and even the guys that are on the the platform that are part of the resistance. I'm there's actually tension for the first time in the show, and there probably should have been this kind of tension from the beginning. I think it would have grabbed my attention much quicker if we'd had this. So yeah, would you let me play devil's advocate? What's that? Do you think it's too little, too late? It might be. I don't know. I don't. You know, how many? I mean, for me personally, for me personally, I'm not excited about season season two. Even if the next three episodes blow my mind. I'm still not necessarily going to watch season two. There's nothing in this that's telling me I got to go see the next season. Yeah, and that's already like, knowing that season two is the last season. Right, it's right. like an only a two and done. Right, Eric, what do you, what would you rate it? I'm gonna give this one a solid seven. Wow, I'm the highest um, because even though I didn't like a few things, like Kaz is still the annoying. He hasn't grown as a character. He's still the annoying, whining, pretends to know it I've all. I decided this is what they're doing. Speaks, speaks out his plots like right out loud and then yeah. you realize someone's listening he's like oh there's all sorts of things that he does that I don't like uh, the blocking and the fight sequence in the escape ship things like that I didn't like there were plenty of things in here that I was surprised by writing that would have typically gone another way if this was a regular episode right. they would have been predictable they would have been call outs you would have seen them coming a mile away and instead they did trick me a few times you know yeah. they they surprised me in the ways I mentioned before with everything from how they bro- snuck in to the whole conversation where you think Kaz is doing his usual giving away the whole farm to a stormtrooper behind a door and there's not it's Doza the the plan to escape the you know there was a lot of nice things done in this Tying the first order, they're finally taking control. So you're, there's actually finally a conflict. Up to this point, right. there really hasn't been a conflict. It's been a kind of episode of the week style, trying to make you like the characters who were not likable, in, in my opinion, and not really leading anywhere. To now, we're getting in the past three episodes since the first order has come in on a regular basis, we're getting a continuing story that actually has consequences, and right. that puts up tension and conflict and makes for a more interesting story. You want to see what happens next. So those things are finally happening. So to me, that puts this episode up higher than most. Uh, it's still not perfect, but if they were able to maintain this level of interest through the season, I'm, I might be rating the season a lot higher. I might be interested in the season two. Right. But in, and like you said, I got to, 
if the the last couple episodes need to be spectacular for me to at all be interested in going into season two. I so agree. If let let's let, let's just throw it out there because the episode is a two parter. If the next three episodes are all perfect tens, would you be even excited for season two? I wouldn't or? be excited, but I'd be inter- I'd be interested. I might in be where interested to see where it goes. The, the excitement they've lost me on a long time ago. But if they wane at all at the beginning of season two, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like and that's here, the other part of it too. They haven't. Uh, they have announced some interesting things. Kylo Ren's in season two. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Mm. So they're they're clearly going to make it upped in terms of consequences. You know, Kylo Ren's not a character who's going to be. You know, if they if they turn him into like all the rest of these first orders, and they're so easily tricked, like someone sneaks behind him and he doesn't know, or you know, right, right, some silly thing is flying over the place, and they don't see a man with an orange jumpsuit on top of a yellow plane. Things like that. (laughs) If they don't, if they if they do that at all to him, it's it's just bad writing. So. You feel like they're gonna have to up the the stakes for right. season two if they're gonna bring in those kind of level characters, but uh, they've already said it. Like I said, it's I don't think this show was nearly as successful as they'd hoped, and I just don't feel like it's gonna. You know, I feel like most of season two was already produced, right? And therefore, well, we're gonna release it, but right. I don't think they feel. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of excitement around this show. I'll, I'll answer your question more subsequently, Austin. I am more excited about the. The secret Clone Wars season that is coming out in like February. In February, than I am about season two of this oh, show. Is it really so secret now that it's been out as in a, a trailer and it's all over the internet and everything? Well, they're calling it the secret season. I don't. It's it's an extra season. It's a bonus season. It's probably reproduced. It's those. If you went and got the Blu-ray, per- there's the. Personally, I think if it does well, finished. I think they're going to relaunch. The Clone Wars. Yes. I don't know if they'll do that. Yes. I think I think they're. I think it's a test. It could be. I mean, maybe. I mean, does Disney need shows? I think they're going to they, bring Ahsoka back in, have her run this unit, and if everybody is cool and copacetic with it, and they like the idea, well, do you think they're ever? The do you think out. they're ever going to go and tell the story and say, okay, this works well, people like Ahsoka. Now we jump ahead and we tell the story of her and Sabine going to look for whatever his name was. I can't even think of it right now. Uh, oh. Ezra. 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 You know, what if... Because that story not? has not been told. No. Mm-hmm. And I why got, not? I got another better one. So we talk about... We do a show in the style of the animation of Clone Wars post-Order 66 following Ahsoka. Call it Ahsoka. Just a show about Ahsoka. And there's, a huge, there's a huge time period there not covered. They could right. easily do That's that. Saying, and there's a book could, about it, so they could reference the book. They could reference comic book pieces that have been mentioned. They, they could totally delve into a whole line that nobody's touched so. And yeah. that leaves maybe that's what this Clone Wars series is coming. This Clone Wars season is coming up is to do. Okay, is this working? Do we can we do a good chunk of episodes focused on Ahsoka, and then move forward? Okay, so those are our thoughts on those two episodes of Star Wars Resistance. Again, we watched the core problem and then disappeared. We'd love to hear what you have to say about those episodes as well. So find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, find us on YouTube. Let us know at gauchcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. As we always say here in the Star Production Studios, may the Force be with those who listen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. 
If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.